listening to Ohio State English, the podcast, for the month of October 2014. I'm Haley Cowens. In honor of Halloween, I talked with Karen Winstead and Rebecca Turkowitz, who incidentally are two of my favorite people, about something we all like, scary stories. Why are we all so fascinated by horror, by monsters, ghosts, and vampires? What do they tell us about our own real societies and lives? What is it that really scares us? That's ahead. I'm here with uh, Karen Winstead, a medievalist here at Ohio State and a professor of English who often focuses on vampires and other monsters in literature. I'm also joined by Rebecca Turkowitz, an MFA student in fiction here at Ohio State, who uh, is the managing editor of the journal. Uh, so since it's October, we're here to talk about a genre that we all like, which is um, horror in fiction and literature. So uh, my first question for both of you is, why do you read horror and, and what kinds of horror do you enjoy reading? Yeah, um, I'm really interested in, I guess, just how people talk about the things that scare us. I've always loved creepy things. I was always the kid who would be filming the specials on Bigfoot and, like, Unsolved Mysteries. Um, I think I'm really fascinated by sort of what makes us afraid, especially because in horror it seems to be sort of distant from more concrete things or in ways that are sort of interesting. Um, I tend to prefer to read things that are more on the spooky, eerie, uncanny side. Um, I really like gothic fiction, and I really love ghost stories, uh, and less sort of more like the gore, violence side of things. Well, I, I think we have a lot in common in terms of our reading preferences. I also don't care for the gore and really like the creepy much more. Um, I think my favorite kind of horror fiction is, I guess what I call psycho thrillers. Um, <laughs> and those are the kinds of novels that really challenge us because you don't know exactly what's happening in them. And sometimes you don't even know what kind of work it is. So you don't even know how to interpret it. Um, scary things happy, happen, creepy things happen. And the author provides different interpretations. Um, and often it's impossible to know which interpretation is correct. And that kind of horror messes with your mind, and I absolutely love it. <laughs> um, classic works that I really, really enjoy are um, uh, Henry James's Turn of the Screw and also Bram Stoker's Dracula. And in terms of moder a modern work, uh, Marisha Pessel's Night Film is one of my absolute favorites because it does exactly this. You have a narrative and strange things happen and you don't know exactly what's going on. And the narrative gives us two different, completely different ways of understanding it and it does it. it and, and the correct solution is unknowable. That sounds cool, yeah. Um, so, Rebecca, do you have some specific works that, that you might recommend for people to, to read? Um, so my favorite, more sort of, I'm calling it a classic, but it's more contemporary, is Shirley Jackson's The Haunting of Hill House. Um, it's a really amazing haunted house, sort of sentient house uh, novel that I particularly love because it's very eerie and, and sort of ambiguous um, and haunting, but it also is genuinely very scary and intense. Um, so it's both internal and then also has those thrills in it. Um, I really love, there's an author uh, named Laird Barron um, who 
just released a collection of stories called The Beautiful Thing That Awaits Us All last year. Um, I really, really love that book, and I really recommend it. Um, he writes sort of cosmic horror, sort of a very, sort of very, very, very smart contemporary take on Lovecraft's type of okay. cosmic fear. Yeah, I think I remember reading one of his stories in the um, intro to fiction writing class I took with you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and it was definitely one of the creepier stories of the of the few that we read. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys write horror? We had an activity um, where we could write horror or science fiction or fantasy, whatever kind of struck our fancy. Um, and I think I think a lot of people went the sci-fi route in that in that class, um, but it was it was there. So I write a little bit of horror. Um, I re- I tend to write more literary stories that have elements of horror worked in or um, sort of like ghosts existing in a more realist space of there's like a story that exists about ghosts that the characters interact with. Um, and I've written some ghost stories too. <laughs> uh, um, but I have my students usually write a genre in my intro classes. Um, and my actually first semester, I didn't give people the other genre option. And I, I was, it was cause I was teaching over Halloween. So I just had students write, um, horror. And I'm always so impressed. I find that, even students who have never written in that genre and are sort of like, I don't know where to start, mm-hmm. right? I, I think it's some of the best work that I see from mm-hmm. students. Um, I always tell them, ask their friends what the creepiest thing that's ever happened to them is. Mm-hmm. And I usually tend to get some inspiration. Yeah, I think everybody has those kind of stories in the back of their head that they, they explain away until somebody asks them about it. Um, and then it's always fun to kind of talk about. But... but um, so why do you think we are fascinated by horror? And why do you think it remains a popular genre? I mean, as, as you all talked about, this, these are classic kind of elements that we've seen in, in novels throughout. Um, so what do you think keeps its hold on us? I guess people like it for different reasons, but certainly one powerful reason is that it lets them get in touch with their, oh, I don't know, their scariest desires and deepest fears. Um, and I think that's... Uh, a big reason. People really, really want to be scared, really, really want to um, be in touch with something, with what they don't, they don't understand, they can never understand, what they suspect is out there and can never be put back in its box. <laughs> and horror just does that, I think. Um, I'm really interested also in the way that horror has grown out of the tradition of sort of folklore and ghost mm-hmm. stories and how sort of, like, cross-culturally, people, like, if, if you say you have a ghost story, people want to hear sort of what's, what sort of the, what the real ghost stories are. Um, and thinking just about, like, a lot of it stems from a sort of curiosity about that type mm-hmm. of thing, and the way that horror is able to stand in for a lot of things, um, sort of in a more abstract way to stand in for maybe more concrete fears and a way for people to explore ideas sort of obliquely. And that's what I think is really interesting. Because everybody, I think, has a sense that reality is a lot more complicated than it seems to be. And horror really... I mean, these ghosts, they can't be real, can they? And then that's a stand-in for so much else that, well, we don't know. And I think knowability... Unknowability, I think, is maybe the scariest experience. What we don't know, what we can't know, because we want to know things. 
Yeah, I think so. You guys are, are touching on my sort of next question, which is, you know, what role do you think the horror or the monsters in these sorts of things sort can, can play? And, you know, we're touching on a little bit the sort of uncertainties of life. Um, is, there, is there anything else you can think of that they can kind of be allegorical for? Or, Well, I think the monsters are always about human society. I mean, it's always about people. And, and that's true from the first horror in English literature, which is Beowulf. I know people don't usually read Beowulf as a horror story, but it is a horror story among so many other things. And it's very much about the human society. The monsters are foci for the problems that are going on and that are so complex and are so nasty in human society. In Beowulf and I think in a lot of other horror stories, stories the people are a lot more dangerous and scarier than the monsters. So there's always something in there that it's about people. How do people respond to the monsters? How do people treat each other? How are people? How do people stack up against the monsters? Or can they be just as monstrous? Um, and that sort of thing. And you think about something like oh, The Walking Dead. <laughs> um, you can only go around braining zombies. <laughs> so long. You can't do five seasons on that. So you have to bring in something that's scarier than the zombies. And scarier than the walkers is the governor. And then it's what's going on in Terminus, which is taking us into what season five now. So I think it's always, people are really, really horrific. And horror genre allows us to get into that horrific aspect of human beings. Yeah, I like I like the verb braining now. I think we're going to have to to introduce that into into regular vocabulary. So Rebecca, maybe um from a from a writer's perspective, what does horror kind of let you do in in your stories that that maybe isn't open in other stories? Huh. Um I tend to write horror mostly just cuz it's what I'm interested in and think about it more in terms of what I'm reading. But I think one thing that horror does let you do is ex- or the things that maybe you don't know you're writing about um, in a way that lets you sort of go deeper and examine certain things. Like if you're writing about grief, the way that stories and narratives stand in for a closer examination of your own grief. Um, Because like I said, I'm really drawn to ghosts. That's sort of my favorite, you know, quote unquote monster. Um, and specifically, I'm really interested in ghost stories and the way that ghost stories emerge. Um, and I think a lot of times that is about actually things that are sadder than just scary. Like, um, the story actually that we read in, in class, The Reverend Girl Sells One, right? Yeah. Was very, so very much, it's an incredibly sad, haunting story, and it's very much about grief and the way that people deal and cope with death. Um, and also ghost stories almost always circle over some sort of tragedy that happened and this idea of tragedy sort of like remaining behind and that's something I'm really interested in hauntings in a more sort of general sense too sort of like the past yeah memories memories and the way that and the and that's sort of in the or this idea that like our own lives could like matter to sort of bleed into the present in a way that's really strange and interesting to me mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I think another story we read in your class, um, The Caprices by Sabina Murray, also had a very similar kind of horror-esque element for, um, as kind of a, a way to bring in, like, the horrors of this war and the horrors of, of, like, what you're talking about, grief and kind of what's happening, so, so yeah. 
I can I can see the influence. <laughs> so um, yeah, yeah, and I think I'd also bring in when we're talking about um, horror stories that engage with contemporary problems. Um, John Lindquist's "Let the Right One In." It's one of my favorite vampire um, novels. My favorite since Dracula, um, and this book deals with so much that's beyond vampires and some really, really heady stuff in human society. Stuff like pedophilia and child prostitution um, and bullying and alcoholism and, and, you know, um, at the heart of it is a um, boy who is trying to come to terms with his sexual identity and it's all about sexual identity. It's about so much more than vampires and yet the vampires can serve as a, um, as an enzyme for all of these other things that the story is, re- that the novel is really, really about. And I would definitely recommend that as a, as a, as a wonderful, wonderful example of vampire fiction. Yeah, I just, I just love that book. I adore mm-hmm. that book. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it's, and it's, you know, so there's so much profound stuff going on. And actually, it's, it's very long. And for most of it, it's not really dealing with the scary things mm-hmm. at all. It's a very empathetic book where we get a lot of mm-hmm. sort of these individual experiences and I think it's a lot of loneliness too along with mm-hmm. all the things that you're talking about um, and then when we do get the really horrific parts mm-hmm. and the way that he works in sort of classic mm-hmm. like vampire lore mm-hmm. and into the more contemporary like very contemporary work mm-hmm. is really sort of masterfully done but then when we do get the scary parts those are the parts I, I find that sort of they're so just so disturbing and mm-hmm. they really stick mm-hmm. um, and sort of driving home all these other... And it's very different, I think, from the movies. Um, It's much more complex. It's much more disturbing than the movies, um, than either of the movies that were made as adaptations of that book. Um, And one of the things that I find most interesting is its take on monstrosity. I think there's a tendency, especially in more recent fiction, to make the monsters more humanized. Um, And I think Lindquist does this not only with the vampire in his book, but also with the monstrous humans, including the pedophile and even the bullies, these people that you just could not imagine sympathizing with. And he is, I think, courageous enough to say, look, these are human beings, and he shows us their humanity without denying that these are really, really bad people, and you can't fix them. But nonetheless, they're they're human. And also, he shows us, this is what monstrous really looks like in a segment that is not in the movies. Yeah. 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 For reasons I understood. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Do you find that happens a lot with um, scary movies? Do you, do you two go to see scary movies as much as you do scary books? Or, mm-hmm. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love scary movies, and especially movies that, um, that depart from the books, that aren't just, we're going to take this book and we're going to make it into a film. I like, I like films that really um, do the book differently, have a different take on it, where the book is really the point of departure to a different kind of horror. And The Shining is my one of my favorite examples. Um, the book and the movie are completely different. I think they're both wonderful, but in completely different ways. They're both horrific, but in completely different ways. And I, I love the book The Shining. It's one of my favorite horror books. But I actually think I like the movie more, mm-hmm. actually. Um, yeah, 
and and I think it is interesting to see sort of the ways that the movie is really dealing with a different like mode of transferring the story, and and I think adapting it in a way that works really well for a film. It seems to me that the um, book humanizes, and the movie dehumanizes and alienates you from everything, and just leaves that sort of, sort of raw horror. And the book really pulls you into the minds of the people who become, or the person who becomes a monster. Yeah, I never thought about it that way, but yes, absolutely, interesting. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder how much the actors of the movie had an influence on that as well. Mm. Oh, yes, I can imagine. Kind of bringing their own sort of interpretation mm -hmm. to these characters. Yeah, so um, do you all have any kind of spooky Halloween plans for us as we're, as we're wrapping up October? Hmm. Uh, well, The Gateway does play a lot of scary movies. Actually, last night I went to see Poltergeist. Oh, cool. Instead um, of working on my thesis. <laughs> um, I haven't seen that, should I? I, I mean, that's certainly a, a classic. Yes, I would recommend it. I think for, um, I think it came out in the late 80s. I think it's really held up, actually. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. It's, it's one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, I think especially the beginning, before all the overt stuff starts happening, mm -hmm. it has some of the creepiest sort of setup that's done in a like, very intelligent, sort of, like, there's a like, slow way, and then it, the haunting gets pretty overt. Mm -hmm. No, I, my brother and I, it was one of our earliest horror movies that our, my parents introduced us to. And so we watched it and we were terrified, obviously. And then we revisited it years later, kind of assuming, you know, this is an old scary movie. It's probably not going to get to us as much. And it was still terrifying. So I, I definitely recommend The Poltergeist. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I think that's all I have, unless you two have anything you'd like to add. Okay. Well, thank you Thanks both so much for talking with me. Yeah. That's our show. Thank you once again to Karen Winstead and Rebecca Turkowitz. Also, a special thanks to Mike Biershank, who has been an enormous help with the technical side of creating this project. We hope you'll join us next month here at Ohio State English, the podcast. Happy Halloween, everybody.